Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 134. When it comes to planning a Royal Caribbean cruise, nearly all of us have a budget in mind. Being independently wealthy is more elusive than ever, so saving money on our cruise means we have more money to spend either on board or on another Royal Caribbean cruise. This week, I'm sharing with you some tips and strategies for saving money on common cruise expenditures such as alcoholic drinks, specialty dining, internet, and a whole lot more. I hope many of you will be able to spend less on your cruise so you have more money to book another Royal Caribbean cruise. Here we go. Part of what I really love about taking a Royal Caribbean cruise is just the breadth of options to choose from. I think Royal Caribbean does a great job, in fact, of giving guests lots of choice. To me, I would rather have lots of choices and have almost indecision in, sen- in the sense of what to do rather than not having enough choice. I, I really f- believe that that variety is the spice of life, as they say. And to that point, Royal Caribbean gives its guests a lot to choose from once on board. In fact, you know their, their cruise ships are becoming more and more destinations in and of themselves with some of their newer classes of ship. But regardless of which Royal Caribbean ship you're on, there's going to be plenty for you to do. Royal Caribbean's kind of built itself on that premise of giving guests just a floating spot of lots to do. It's more than just a hotel room, right? And so when we're talking about things to do on a Royal Caribbean ship, inevitably, the the first reaction is, well, I'm going to do it all, baby. Yeah, I'm going to do it all. That's right. I always think the same thing, too, until you realize, well, doing it all is not financially viable in many cases. There's just, you know, we've all got, we've all got budgets. We've all got to put our kids through college. We've all got to pay the mortgage. You can't be spending thousands and thousands of dollars on stuff on the cruise as much as we'd love to. Certainly, I am a living proof of that. So I thought about this week's episode when I started considering for my upcoming cruises, you know, what I want to book and what I'm willing to spend and what I'm not willing to spend. And we often, me and my wife, go through this kind of exercise of, well, do we want to do it this way or do we want to maybe save some money and do it this way? And the reality is, there are ways to do a lot of the favorite things that you love about cruising without spending top dollar for it. Now, certainly, Royal Caribbean makes it very easy to do a lot of these things that we're going to be talking about. But there are ways, little tricks, strategies to be able to still do what you're looking forward to on a Royal Caribbean cruise without having to spend the most money possible for it. So while this won't make it necessarily free or or completely take out the expenses, it will help reduce the expenses if you employ some of these strategies where appropriate. So let's talk about the different areas in which it, you can, you'd probably be looking forward to doing something on a cruise, but again, with how to save money on it. So let's start with an easy one, okay? The internet. These days, Royal Caribbean is rolling out its Voom high-speed internet packages to more and more ships, and even so, all their ships offer an internet package of some kind, and you know, uh, I know for myself, I love being connected on that scene. Now, granted, I do run a certain blog about Royal Caribbean, so I have a bit of a excuse to buy the packages as a means of sharing with all of you. But nonetheless, I think a lot of people do like having that idea of being connected. Not everybody does. Some people like disconnecting. But if you are interested in being connected while at sea, an internet package is an obvious choice, certainly a lot better financial choice than going with a cell phone providing plan because, I mean, they just kill you with those roaming rates. So, so my advice is, if you're a member of Royal Caribbean's Crown and Anchor Society and have taken at least one Royal Caribbean cruise, your best bet to save money on the internet is to wait 
to book it while you're on board. Now, if you go to Royal Caribbean's website, you'll find tons of opportunities to book it in advance. And certainly, if you did book it in advance, it would allow you to break up the total cost of your cruise. However, it is worth noting that Royal Caribbean gives its Crown and Anchor members a discount depending on their level of status within Crown and Anchor society. And so that's money off the top of the cost of the package, and that means less money you're spending on the internet. So do yourself a favor, wait until you get on board. Now, if you're not a Crown and Anchor member, well, it's even money, essentially, in terms of there's no difference in the cost. And then, actually, you might have an advantage by booking it in advance just because you could break up the total cost of the cruise, although in the grand scheme of things, you're still spending the same amount of money. So completely up to you. Well, let's talk about specialty restaurants. And boy, I love talking about specialty restaurants. You've probably heard me wax poetically once or twice or 10 times or 50 times, depending on how long you've listened to this podcast, about my favorite specialty restaurants like Sabor, Modern Mexican, Izumi, Chops Grill, Giovanni's Table. Oh, now I'm, I'm having a little mental moment here where I'm thinking about all that great food and Boy, I'll tell you, it, it's it's a great experience. I love eating at those restaurants. The thing is, it can add up. Certainly, especially restaurant dining these days has, in most cases, a cover charge, if not an a la carte charge. And there are ways, you know, if you've got that cover charge you're dealing with, there are ways around the pricing, especially restaurants. There's two strategies I like to recommend. Number one, look at, consider booking the restaurant on day one of your cruise. And what I mean by that is on embarkation day, you get on board your ship. A lot of times, many guests are not interested or thinking about booking specialty restaurants on the first day of their cruise. Many, I think, usually book it for every other night of the cruise. And certainly, I do this all the time. I just don't consider it really the first night. But in many cases, not always, but in many cases, Royal Caribbean will give you a deal if you choose to book a specialty restaurant on day one. And this is only on board, not online or anything like that. You get on board the ship, you walk to the restaurant or somewhere on board, and you'll see some crew members who are trying to sell you on this idea, and they'll give you usually about 20% off. And hey, 20% off for dinner? Ain't bad. That's free money right there. That, you know, you're getting off the top of the cost. Additionally, another strategy is, well, man, I'm not too keen on day one dining for specialty restaurants. I like to do whatever. And that's fine. That's cool. There's another great strategy, and that is booking lunch. In many cases, a lot of specialty restaurants are open for lunch on your Royal Caribbean cruise. And on top of that, they are for a reduced amount. Often, it's about $10 less in terms of a cover charge. Now, these both of these strategies I just mentioned do not help you with restaurants that have a a la carte cost. So that is Izumi and Johnny Rockets are two that I can think off the top of my head. Sabor is one also if you're on an Oasis-class ship that has a la carte pricing. So certainly keep that in mind. But if you're looking to try a restaurant like Sabor Modern Mexican on, say, Freedom of the Seas or Navigator of the Seas or Giovanni's Table – Having lunch at one of these restaurants on one of the other days, any day that they're open, usually they're sea days, you're going to have these restaurants open for lunch, is a great way to save a lot of money, quite honestly. And the last option, something pretty new to Royal Caribbean. I have not tried it out myself, but it is worth mentioning, and that is Royal Caribbean's dining packages. So Royal Caribbean has come up with these dining packages on most ships now. They used to be something that we only saw here and there, but now it seems like it's pretty much fleet-wide. And these are three, four, and five-night dining packages. Now, the cost depends on the ship class you're on and, and how many nights you want to choose it from. Let me give you an example. For a three-night dining package on Oasis and Quantum-class ships, you'll pay $80 per person. For other ships, it'll be $70 a person. And what that gets you, in this case, is three specialty restaurants for that's it, for that locked-in rate. Now, here's the thing with it. Where, this is the catch, the caveat, whatever you want to describe it. 
in order to book these, when you book the package, you book the package, cool. You don't actually get to pick the restaurants until you get on board the ship. In fact, Royal Caribbean will stipulate you have to go to one of the restaurants on night one or two. They'll pick it for you. Now, you can, however, go onto the ship when you get on board, change any and all of the reservations, including the, the first restaurant, to something else. But Royal Caribbean will assign one to you automatically. Now, the reason why I am not a huge fan of this option, and this is just a personal decision, is because I'm too much of a type A personality. I want to know that I'm booking restaurant X on day Y at time Z, right? I need to know exactly when I'm booking. I, I'm, a, I'm a crazy planner like that. That's how I roll. But if you're more interested in going just to these specialty restaurants, I want to save some money. This is probably one of the best ways to save money because in, in, I think it almost every case or most cases, you're going to find this will save you a lot of money. In fact, even more money than the two strategies I mentioned earlier for saving on specialty dining. So consider it as an option. Understand its limitations in the sense that you're kind of waiting to get on board. And the and the risks that you run there are you might not have the days and times you want to dine at. I mean, for all you know, the all the restaurants will be booked up and you'll be stuck at whatever Royal Caribbean gives you. I think it's a highly unlikely situation, but it is a possibility. It's not like there is more than a 0% chance of that happening. That's all. So up to you. I guess it really depends on how much of a control freak you are like me. <laughs> so, But there are ways to save on the specialty dining. Now, how about a massage? Ah, a nice, or as, as the uh, as the crew members from Australia and the UK often say, a ma- massage. Massages are just a, part, a great part of a Royal Caribbean cruise. In fact, a lot of the spot treatments you're going to find are just, they're, they're quintessential experiences, but you know what? They can really add up a lot, too. Now, you might be saying, ah, oh, Matt, you're going to tell me about the Crown and Anchor discounts, which are available to me. Yes, that's true also. But if you really want to get the deep discounts on a massage or maybe a facial or getting your nails on or whatever, I would actually recommend looking at one of the ports you're stopping at. Certainly, you can do some of these things before your cruise, but when you're visiting places like Cozumel or Nassau or wherever you happen to be going, Rome for that matter, there are a lot of opportunities to get these kind of services done on shore for really a fraction of what Royal Caribbean charges. Let me give you a great example. This in Cozumel, we were looking at this exact situation. My wife loves getting massages. I love, you know, making giving my wife what she wants in terms of making her happy. It's her vacation as well. Some people get the internet package, other people get the massage, you know, to each their own. And we were looking at it, and you know, my wife is one that She's of the opinion there is no such thing as too many massages, right? I mean, there's just <laughs> that's just a fun word to say, by the way. There's no such thing as as too many, right? So we were looking, and I said, "Oh, wouldn't it be fun to get a massage on shore?" And we we're looking in this case, Cozumel, and I found actually a great expat, uh, an American expat who lives in Cozumel, does these very interesting Swedish massages, and it costs you know about half of what Royal Caribbean charges, and so. On our upcoming cruises, anytime we're going to Cozumel, well, now we've got somewhere to go. So my point is, if you're looking for some sort of a spa service, consider one of the spa services available to you on shore. It's a great way to still get that kind of pampering and that kind of relaxation without paying Royal Caribbean's costs for it. And, you know, to each their own in terms of what you can do. Or maybe what you do is you still get something done in Royal Caribbean, but then you augment it and get something additional that you might not have otherwise been able to afford by doing it onshore. So certainly something to look at. And lastly, let's talk about everybody's favorite topic, 
drinks, alcohol. Oh, yes. Going on a cruise. Look, when we think about taking a Royal Caribbean cruise, what do you think of? Imagine. Close your eyes right now unless you're driving. Don't do that. That's a really bad idea. Keep your eyes open. But for the rest of you, close your eyes. Imagine you're on the pool deck. Stretch out on one of those nice chairs. No towel hogs here. Don't worry about that. And you're sitting out there. The sun is beaming. Down. Not a cloud in the sky. There's a band playing some live music right now. Ooh, yes. Maybe some uh, UB40. Red, red wine. Ah, now we're in paradise, right? Well, what would make it even better? Ah, Yes, a drink in your hand with maybe a little umbrella. Whatever it is, whether it's a beer, whether it's a cocktail, whether it's a fresh glass of orange juice, I don't know what what does it for you. The point is you want a nice drink to go with that, and that's what a lot of people really find fun on a Royal Caribbean cruise. And so there are certainly a lot of ways you can save money on drinks without resorting to to one of those unlimited alcohol packages. Now, they are available, and if you do drink enough, you definitely will save money on that. But if you're more like myself and you don't drink necessarily enough to get the make the packages worth it or you're not interested in paying for the packages, whatever. But that doesn't mean you have to pay full price for drinks. There are many ways, in fact, to get drink specials on board the cruise. I think this is a very underreported aspect of what Royal Caribbean offers. A lot of times you say, well, you know, when you're looking at this drink package thing, it's like, well, you're either paying, you know, this price, the full price for the drink, or you're getting the drink package. Well, the reality is not all the time are you paying the full price. And you will, in many cases, do that. But there are ways to save money on drinks. So, number one, look for drink specials on board. In many cases, there are two-for-one drink specials. I know that at Rita's Cantina on Brilliance of the Seas, when I was on there in November, they had two-for-one drink specials there. On Freedom of the Seas, they had two-for-one margaritas at one of the bars there. You'll find a lot of the two-for-one drinks. In addition, if you're a Crown & Anchor member... There are usually buy one, get one drinks on things like beer and wine and soda, but that kind of thing, after after dinner drinks, which have a little bit of alcohol in there too. So make sure you're considering your Crown and Anchor discounts. Look for early morning deals. A lot of times you're going to find from anywhere from, what, 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. or something like that, you're going to find Bloody Mary's Mosas for half off or, or a lower price. Hey, you can't go wrong with that. I mean, if you're going to drink, you may as well drink something that's cheaper, right? Also, drink of the day. Royal Caribbean's been offering drink of the days forever, it seems. Essentially, it's one drink each day, changes every day, that is discounted. Usually, it's about a 25% discount, and that usually means the drink comes in at around $8 instead of maybe $10 or $12, depending on the drink, of course. But again, you're looking for a nice cocktail, and you don't want to spend full price on it. Drink of the day is always a great option for you. And lastly, look for happy hours. Look for opportunities where, again, I mentioned the two-for-one specials, but there can be other specials as well where drinks are cheaper in that regard. So certainly, you know, these are all ways that you can save money on your drinks. Don't assume that you're going to be paying full price for every single drink. In many cases, you will. But there are opportunities. You got to check the cruise cup. This is your best bet to find all these deals in terms of being able to save money on drinks. And really, between all this, I'm hoping that this will save you a lot of money, quite honestly, because if you play your cards right, if you read the cruise compass, if you do your research and you figure all these things out, I think there are a lot of ways that you can enjoy a lot of what Royal Caribbean offers without paying a lot for it. 
Each week here on Royal Caribbean Blog, I make sure I read your listener emails. In fact, it's one of my favorite things to do. I mean, it really is because it's our, our opportunity to talk Royal Caribbean virtually, at least, in the sense that we can talk about questions, uh, share suggestions, talk about things that are in Royal Caribbean news these days, whatever it is on your mind. That's what we're here to talk about. And so want to make sure we're reading all of them. And also want to remind everybody listening that actually if you're listening to the podcast this week as the episode comes out, I'm actually on Allure of the Seas. It's part of the Royal Caribbean Blog group cruise. And if you're not there with us, well, gosh darn it, I wish you were. But I got a good news for you. We are doing a live blog for you over at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. So that way you don't miss a minute of it. Every day I post a nice live blog showing you with photos what we're doing, what we're, what's going on, all that fun stuff. So if you want to follow along, make sure you go to RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com for everything about the live blog experience. And we're going to start out today's emails with an email from my very good friend, Chris. And Chris writes, Hello, Matt. Just returned from Liberty of the Seas out of Galveston on her last sailing prior to dry dock. This is my 24th cruise overall and my son's 14th. I've been on nine Royal Caribbean cruises. My son has only been on three thus far. However, we have a 13-night serenade ultimate Scandinavia cruise scheduled for the summer and a six-night cruise on Allure next January, so he'll be racking up some time in Royal in the near future. I've broken down my experience on Liberty of the Seas into three categories. The good, the bad, and the ugly, which is completely subjective. I jumped back on Liberty in a heartbeat, and the entire family had a great time. First and foremost, thanks to everybody who reads the boards. Steve did a great job with a fabulous post entitled All Things Galveston, and I would recommend it as required reading for anyone sailing out of Galveston, especially since getting to the port can be somewhat complicated. Let's start with the good. Number one, ship design. Royal Caribbean really knows how to design ships. While I have always enjoyed the elegance of Royal Caribbean ships since I first sailed in the 1990s, Royal continues to innovate. The Freedom Class is elegant, and the Royal Promenade is fabulous. I inserted the... uh, voice thing there. <laughs> My wife even stated that she didn't feel like she was on a cruise ship, and we often use the Royal Promenade to cut through the ship as we like to feel the space. Artwork. Royal has some really interesting artwork which we enjoyed looking at. We would often take different serials for the opportunity to view different art. Service and staff. The main dining room service on Liberty was second to none. We had exceptional service and probably the best service to date. The crew at the bars, lounges, and in the Windjamer were all extremely helpful. Entertainment. There were a number of entertainment options on the ship. While we didn't get the opportunity to do the rock wall this trip, we did get a chance to try the Fuller Rider. In addition, Saturday Night Fever was phenomenal. The first stage show I think that my wife was willing to sit through on a cruise ship outside of Disney, and the ice show in Studio B was excellent. The Quest, which was also held in Studio B, was extremely fun, and it was set up in a way to encourage everyone to participate. While sight lines were not the best in the main theater, we were always able to find a seat. In addition, the ice show was scheduled by Muster Station, so there was never a crowd and it was easy to get to. We were at 15 minutes before the showtime, and we were able to get first row seating along the railing. Adventure Ocean, every day at 12.15 and 5.15, Adventure Ocean would put on a family-oriented activity ranging from free bingo with prizes to sliming, uh, sliming sorry, an Adventure Ocean counselor. Each night, the Adventure Ocean would have a themed late-night activity for those in attendance, and uh, the after-hour carrier was $7 per hour. Themes range from trashing the room, sports entertainment, and the like. You can also pay for the partial hour, and they always undercharge for the service. For example, if my son was there for an hour and a half, they would charge us $7 rather than $10.50 for the hour and a half. Sea Day cookouts. On Sea Days, they had poolside cookout, and the food was very good, including paella, with enormous amount of seafood on the first day, and chili on the second Sea Day. Unfortunately, this was canceled on the third Sea Day because of high winds. My time dining. We never had to wait for a table... We always had a reservation and were seated with the same wait staff. Chops Grill, the steaks, filet mignon were exceptional. 
My non-steak-eating wife even finished her entire filet and said it was excellent. Portofino, I really enjoyed having the opportunity to dine at Portofino on its last night of existence on Liberty. We were even served a post-dinner pre-dessert chocolate-covered strawberry course, although this may be the norm. Interestingly enough, the Oso Boco served at Portofino was identical to that served at the Giovanni's table, so I wish I had ordered something else. All right, let's go to the bad. The Windjammer for both breakfast and lunch were very repetitive with much of the same items every day. Storage in the stateroom, while many, while more than adequate for a week-long cruise, I was surprised that the cabin had less storage than a Radiance-class ship, particularly when it came to cabinets and shelves in the cabin itself. An IT glitch showed us that we owed money to Royal Caribbean when we checked in, and we had to sign a peer receipt agreeing to pay it before we were allowed to board, although we were informed we could get it cleared at guest services while on board. It was eventually resolved with an email to my travel agent and two visits to guest services and a loyalty ambassador comped our dinner at Chops Grill for our trouble, so I was satisfied with the resolution. Uh, a quick observation, a quick conversation with the manager resolved this, and the pricing was corrected. But one should specifically ask if there's a child's menu that needs to be ordered from in order to get the $10 child pricing at specialty restaurants. Uh, lack of variety in Cafe Promenade Sorrentos. While I enjoyed having these venues, especially given their extended service hours, it was the same thing every day. There was no variety, and each served the same pizza, the same sandwiches, and the same desserts every day. All right, now on to the ugly. <clears throat> the onboard revenue. Royal Caribbean was cluttered with revenue-generating events, watch sales, liquor sales, etc., or solicitations for spa services. One could not enter the Windjammer without being confronted with the gold-by-the-inch beverage package sales or spa service solicitation. On the upside, we were never approached when in the Windjammer like we were on Jewel or Brilliance. Getting into the main dining room was complicated by the fact that photographers had set up a backdrop on the lobby area. As a result, half of the area was blocked by lights, backdrop, etc. Perhaps this is a consequence of the Freedom class, but the onboard revenue push on board Jewel of the Seas and Brilliance of the Seas wasn't as noticeable. Open ice skating. They only offered one session, which accommodated less than 300 people, not even 10% of the passengers. In addition, the skating was so popular that it, quote-unquote, sold out upon entering as there were more people in line than they could accommodate. And lastly, the upper cabin decks, while Royal Caribbean has innovative ship, the exposed support beams, aka poles, on the upper passenger cabin decks is really unsightly. I think it would have been better if they decorated or covered them in some way. Chris, this is great. I mean, a lot of things here that you touched upon. I mean, uh, you know, I, I love this. I think this is really helpful. I think anybody who's considering going on Liberty Disease, despite the fact that she's been refurbished since Chris's experience here, nonetheless, I think there are some really good lessons here to be learned. And it sounds like you had a pretty good time. So um, I, I appreciate the email. Thank you for the feedback, sir. And of course, Chris also does an amazing job for us at the Royal Caribbean blog message board. So go check it out, the message bars right now. Unless you're driving. Don't do that. That's a bad idea. Don't do that while you're driving. Wait till you get home or to work or whatever. We do, it, do it at work, in fact. That's an even better idea. <laughs> Your boss won't mind. Hang on, sir. I'm just checking the boards here and posting about the drink package. Give me five minutes. <laughs> Next, we have an email from Lynn Sibertoli. Love your podcast. They are so informative. I have a question for you. I'm sailing on Oasis of the Seas, and during that week, we'll be stopping in Labadee. I booked the Dragon Tail Coaster excursion back in November. If the ship cancels that stop, will I be refunded my money or get an onboard credit? I've noticed from your recent post that the cruise line has canceled that stop. I'm not sure if my cruise will be affected or not. Thank you for your help. Well, then you'll be happy to know that the issues with Labadee that occurred in early January seem to be resolved, knock on wood, and I'm hoping that remains the case. So I didn't want you to, to worry too much about it. If Royal Caribbean cannot dock at a given port for whatever reason, if they don't make the stop there, any shore excursions that, that you booked through Royal Caribbean, so this one is definitely the Dragon Sail Coaster, is definitely through Royal Caribbean, 
will be refunded to you. You're not out that money. Don't worry about that at all. And that's one of the policies Royal Caribbean offers when you book excursions through them. Now, for anyone wondering, what was, does that mean if I book an excursion on my own, I'm out of luck? Not necessarily. A lot of shore excursion places I've worked with, comp- if you're working with a company, will certainly promise that if you cannot dock, if you do, your ship skips that port, you, they'll refund your money. The thing is, of course, if you can dock, if it's just nasty weather, let's say it's raining, okay, but you still dock, regardless you book through Royal Caribbean or, or through a third party, you are out that money because you had the opportunity to go. It's not like it's contingent upon nice weather. So kind of keep that in mind when you're looking at any of them. But, Lynn, that's a great question. I think a lot of people certainly uh, wondering that as well. Uh, next, we have an email from uh, Mr. Murphy. Who writes, Thanks for answering my questions on the last show. I have another question which I need to know before my upcoming back-to-back cruise. I'm buying the drink package because I've done all the math and it's better for me. I'm also a diamond member for the first time and wonder if I can do what I can do with my daily three free drinks. That's a interesting question. So let me let me let me set this up for everybody. So uh, in this case, Mr. Murphy here is a diamond member, and diamond members get in the evening three free drinks. Uh, it's actually preloaded on their CPAS cards, so this is to alleviate congestion in the diamond lounge. Previously, back in the day. You would have to go to the Diamond Lounge to get your drinks in the evening. Now, Royal Caribbean says, we can still do that. But if it's too crowded or you just want to, you don't want to deal with any of that, we're going to put three drinks on your CPAS card that you can use anywhere that you can order a drink from. All right, cool. So the thing is, if you got the drink package, what do you do? Well, you're essentially out of luck. There's not much. I mean, you can still order the drinks, I suppose, but there's really no point to it because you've got the unlimited drink package, so it's kind of a, a wash. That's why I think for, for Diamond members and above... Crown and Anchors uh, in Royal Caribbean's Crown and Anchors Society. That's a consideration to keep in mind that if you're getting three free drinks a day, would you be better off not getting the drink package in there? Now, you say you did the math, so you're fine with it. So I wouldn't worry about those three free drinks because it's irrelevant because your your drink package covers it. So I hope that makes some sense there. Thank you for the email. Though. It is a good question. And let's go to our last email. It is from Trevor in Virginia. Oh, dear wise one. What advice would you give in planning a group cruise? I'm scheduling a cruise with a group of friends and family members that will probably occupy eight to ten cabins. Clearly, I'll be working with the travel agent, but any other tips you have? Heck, this may be a podcast episode topic. Lastly, I'm scheduled for a seven-night cruise on Liberty of the Seas out of Galveston this June. I'm also looking to book another cruise for June 2017 once schedules are announced. Would you recommend I book something shortly after the schedule is released or wait a couple months to book my June Liberty of the Seas cruise so I can take advantage of the onboard booking bonus? Thanks for your advice and effort you put towards this cruising community. Trevor, these are great questions. Let's start with your group question. So you're looking to book a cruise. You already nailed the number one must-do thing, work with the travel agent. You don't want to deal with it. Travel agent will make your life a heck of a lot easier. There's no additional cost to do it. That's the way to do it, and you're doing it right. So thumbs up for that one. In terms of any other tips I would recommend, you know, I would just make sure you're in constant contact with the travel agent to convey any issues that you're looking to do. Certainly, dining is probably the most common concern. You all want to dine together. It's a fairly common request. And depending on you have 8 to 10 cabins, more than likely you have to be broken apart. And There's not going to be a table in the main dining room to accommodate that size group. Even if there's two people, that's what, up to 20 people. You More than likely, you won't be able to unless you've got a lot of single cabins going with you. But... A travel agent can help work with you to make sure that you guys are at least sitting close to each other. That way you can, you know, rotate around, do whatever you want to do. And and I would just recommend, you know, either doing that uh, approach or splitting it up between the dining rotations, right? So maybe, you know, a couple of you eat in the, main, in the first seating, a couple of you in the second seating. Who knows? 
But in, otherwise, I mean, it's really, it depends on what you want to do. I would recommend if you're cruising with a group, you want to do a couple of things. I, I don't think you want to go to the of the approach of creating a hour by hour schedule, you know, with like you know, an agenda, like okay, this place, this day and time, you're going to be here, fall by here, fall by here, fall by here. I, I know you want to spend time together. That's not the way to do it. What I would recommend doing instead is just giving some basic times and days where you will do stuff. A lot of groups almost always tell me the same thing, which is that. We just planned on having meals together, or at the very least, we only planned on having dinners together. So that way, we had a time we could be together, and certainly, you know, you could find each other and, and do things otherwise. But it was keeping it informal like that was the best strategy for them, and I think it's going to work for you. So don't try to plan every minute of it. You can certainly plan excursions, and you can plan some aspects of dining, but don't try to plan the rest of the day. Keep it open on purpose, and that way, people can enjoy the cruise on their own. They're not. You're not, you're not like forced to hang out together. You know what I mean? This might be, you still like their friends and family. You might love them. Everyone needs a break from everybody, right? And you don't want to be a, a kind of military drill instructor. Like you're going to be here at this time or there's going to be, you know, no, no, you don't want to go that way. So definitely, uh, some good ideas right there to help you out there, Trevor. And your other question about when to book, I'll tell you the best thing you, this is what I would do. Number one. When schedules were released, which they're about to be released uh, next month, in fact, and in, in starting in uh, in a couple weeks, you want to book them as soon as you can. I do recommend that, Trevor. Even though you already have something, you I know you want to take advantage of that onboard booking. I would what I would do is book it on book it immediately, right as soon as those schedules come out, because those are going to be among the lowest rates you're going to find. Then when you get on board your ship, and I think you said, oh yeah, Liberty. When you're on Liberty, go reprice them. If you find there's a better deal, taking into consideration the onboard booking bonus or not. You know, you can always cancel what you had before and rebook on board. That's a simple strategy to do it. So, I, I think you have nothing to lose by booking it uh, during when when the itineraries are first announced, and then, you know, rebooking on board if necessary. I mean, that gives you more options. I'd rather have more choices than not enough, right? Kind of the topic we were talking about earlier in this episode. So, I hope that helps you out there, Trevor. And thank you for the email. Great questions. And I think I, not just from Trevor, but for everybody. And of course, if you want your email right, just say, Matt, I would love to share my thought. I have a question. I have a comment. I was, whatever. Matt, you're playing wrong. Matt, you're 100% right. I don't, whatever it is, we want to talk Royal Caribbean with you. So do me a favor. Send me an email, Matt, M-A-T-T, at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. Matt, at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. Once again, thank you all so much for joining me right here on Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast. I love it. You guys are my friends. I love that we get to talk Royal Caribbean each and every week here. And make sure, if you're not already, be checking out all the great content we've got at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. Follow me on Periscope, so that way you can watch my live broadcast. I like to do lots of live broadcasts, usually about one a day, in fact. So all you need to do is download the Periscope app. It's free. You can get it for any smartphone or tablet that's out there, including the iPhone and iPad. Download it, and just follow me, VRCL Blog, so that way you get notified when I go live. Also, make sure you like us on Facebook. We're Facebook.com slash Royal Caribbean Blog, and we're also on Twitter. Why wouldn't we be, right? <laughs> we're VRCL Blog on Twitter there as well. It's all about just making sure that we're all in, we're, we're, we're in constant contact with each other, right? We get to talk Royal Caribbean every day, not just on the podcast, but everywhere. So, awesome. Cool. Well, guys, have a great week. Thank you so much for joining me here on the podcast. And until next time, I'm Matt Hotchberg. We'll talk again soon.